0: My name is Scott Chaloner and you are listening to the Leaders Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. As regular listeners of our program will know very well, part of our mission here at the Leaders Council is to bring you a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. And to this end, it is my pleasure to welcome Graham Wilson onto the program. Uh, Graham, welcome to you and thanks for joining us on the show today.
1: Good morning, Scott. Absolute pleasure. I love talking about leadership, so I can't wait to get
0: started. Can't wait myself. And just for those listeners that may not be familiar with Graham, he's the founder of Success Factory, a company specialised in leadership development to help unlock the potential of business. And as well as working within business for several decades, uh, Graham has also enjoyed a career in the military and carried some of those lessons from leadership in the forces into his uh, civilian life as well. And I'm sure we'll get on to uh, to that later on. Uh, But first and foremost, Graham, um, I'd just like a little bit more of a Backstory as to sort of what it is that Success Factory does. I've only given a brief overview as to what it is that you do there.
1: Yeah, sure, Scott. So you know, I have a, a real big passion around leadership. I think it's such mm. an important element for organizations. And uh, yeah, I've seen a lot of organizations where there's been amazing leadership, and and sadly, I've seen lots of organizations where perhaps there's not so uh, a good leadership. And our remit really is to help organisations to really look at the, the context they're in and, and start to define leadership themselves. And I think, sadly, a lot of organizations uh, have been over-managed and under-led. And you know, we, we really want to change that, really, and start to, to look at leadership in a different way uh, and start to help leaders to, to get hold the atmosphere, stop and reflect, and, and think about what they actually do on the ground. You know, it's, it's all good having lots of theories and tools and frameworks, but what is it they actually do on a day-to-day basis to to really... Uh, build their organizations, to build confidence in people and and, create amazing places to work that form those high-performance cultures, really. And and that's really what we we do really work with many different organizations to help them to think about leadership, teamwork, strategy, innovation, change, projects, and all those key areas, really, to give them some structure, to give them some skill sets, but also to help with their mindset as well. They're the areas we tend to work on.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and you talked there as well about kind of the, the being a distinction between leadership and management as well, and sometimes businesses being over managed and under led. So, where do you feel that the uh, that the line between the two essentially um, is? Um, what is the distinction for you?
1: I think we absolutely need both. By the way, I think you know mm. it's no good having a, a great organization with amazing leaders and no managers. So we yeah, there is a, a definitely distinction between the two. I think you know, management really is about the here and now getting things done, you know, um, making sure people feel supported and, and they're actually achieving, you know, great results and, and, you know, giving clear direction, whereas leadership for me is more about, you know, the why and the how. Um, so I guess that's probably one distinction uh, for me. And, and you know, we, we need great leaders these days to, to, you know, if you think about what's happened over the last few years with the, the COVID crisis, how, yeah. how do we lead organizations through that? How how do we actually cope with the, the context we're in? Because, you know, leadership is situational, isn't it? And, the sad thing is you know I think the education system hasn't caught up with that yet, and uh you know we're 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 not educated in the right way you know we're educated for predictability and you know individuality and and uh, what we need really is is leaders who can you know work in a compassionate way but also are really good and skilled at collaborative working and you know can work with people and you know i i, I can still remember at school i was i was thought that team working was cheating you know if, mm. if the teacher asked you a question you uh if you knew the an answer, you put your hand up. But if you if you had a conversation with your classmates, you get told off. And I don't know about you, Scott, but that was certainly yeah. the school I went to. So, so I think yeah, we, yeah, we definitely need both. I think it's a, a false thing. I see it sadly uh, in there uh, in the media really, where a lot of people say, "Oh, it's all about leadership now." Well, it is about leadership, but it's also about management as well. We need great managers and, and great leaders.
0: Absolutely, we certainly do have a need for the uh, for the two and uh, it's important as well that you kind of mentioned uh, the need for that sort of compassionate leadership because I've actually spoken to a couple of people who like yourself do have a military background um, on the, uh, on the show before and despite the fact that you may sort of stereotypically associate the military with that kind of command and control style leadership, they've actually learned quite a lot from that experience in taking it into sort of leadership in the uh, the sort of corporate world or the business world of SMEs and that's kind of helped them with sort of instilling that kind of more compassionate style of leadership and there is actually certainly elements of that within the military as well so what are kind of the key things that you took from sort of your career um, as you've sort of progressed into success factory
1: I think it's, uh, the, you know, the military experience for me was, was amazing, you know, as a, a, young, a young leader, uh, given lots of responsibility at an early age. I think for me is you know, that, that learning from action, I think is amazing. I think there's so many stories that I can share around that. But I think, you know, to, to summarize it, I think the one thing really is around, you, know, you, you do need uh, structure, you do need direction, uh, you do need uh, frameworks and that freedom within frameworks. I think the military was very good at doing that yeah and it, it is not yeah you know, it's not really hierarchical on the on the ground when you when you're in the in the battle situation it's you know, the mission command situation is at least to your previous question where you know, as a senior leader you're you're sharing the mission the reason why we're doing this and then the the guys on the ground and the ladies on the ground they they are actually working out how to actually do it and then come up with the plans and, and operate and and they have that freedom to be able to make decisions on the ground and certainly from you know the military experiences that we've had over. So in the last few years, you know, that's, that's become a, an important part. So, you know, that aspect of leadership around, you know, how, how you instill a sense of purpose, you know, how you make sure organizations have a clear set of values and uh, have a, a clear framework of operating, a clear strategy is, is really important. And then really empowering leaders uh, to, to operate within that framework, to, to, to be empowered. And I think in the, in the fast world world that we're in now, you, know, you, you can't control everything you know the, the days mm. of command and control and, and the hierarchy and leading from the top are over yeah I don't think they were over there actually but if I'm really honest but uh, so I think I think that was certainly something I learned from the military around you know how you how you uh, can can actually create that that sense of pride um, that the fact that you know, often you know people won't work for you really in the military or any mm. situation unless they know they that you actually care for them and you support them so. Yeah, when you've got guys out in the field, um in you know mission critical situations, they need to feel supported. So I think that that sort of compassionate element comes in there. And I think the, the the biggest um thing I think I saw from you know the the military to the corporate world was that, you know, in, in the military we spend a lot of time building people's confidence and it's part of, you know, the the remit, you know, and And I think when I look at organizations, uh, sadly, sometimes I see a lot of managers do the opposite. (laughs) I call it uh, chasing the red dots, you know, when they're looking at scorecards and and KPIs and they're they're just finding things aren't working all the time and then giving people a hard time. And it creates that, you know, that culture of we're not good enough. Whereas, you know, in in the military, it's all about a sense of pride. Yes, you, you can learn from mistakes and yes, you can learn from, you know, things that aren't going so well, but you can also learn from things that are going really well. So... I certainly a lot of, learned a lot from that around you know, what we call that after action reviews, which is you know, when you've done um, you know, a, a piece of work, whether that's a you know, peacekeeping role or whether that's in a combat situation um, or whether it's a training exercise, you're know, spending time afterwards to learn and reflect and take out the, the good bits, build on those and learn from the, the bad bits and, and then look at how you improve. So I think that, you know, that mantra of you know, learning, every day is a learning day. Mm-hmm. Uh, every day is about making progress. Every day is about getting better at what you do. I think if we can instill that in organisations, I think that's that's fantastic. Particularly over the last few years, where it's been really tough and we've had to reconfigure organisations and change them an awful lot. I think you know seeing progress is, is highly motivational. So how how can we as how can we as leaders really start to build confidence, start to help people with resilience? You know, and, and you know, I see. Uh, when I wrote the book at Lebel, one of the things I talk about is the importance of leaders being able to teach and, and educate and develop and coach and mentor people. And sadly, it's uh, it's very easy to get very operational, isn't it, and, and get into the management role of of just doing the here and now. And uh, as long as we hit our short term KPIs, we're okay. But but that's not that's not really sustainable, really, is it? So mm-hmm. so certainly from the military, I think that was uh, a, a big thing really around how it is all about people, how we build confidence, how it is about mindset, it's about skill set, but also structure and frameworks that really help and, and, and guide us to to perform at the highest level, I guess. And I think, you know, that whole learning concept is is fantastic.
0: It certainly is, and I, th- I think leadership certainly has to take on that kind of development sort of area, doesn't it? I mean, you've got to invest into sort of coaching and developing people, and another important thing that you mentioned as well is sort of the importance of alignment with purpose and that sort of thing, and showing compassion for the people that work for you. Because, <coughs> excuse me, there, um, if um, you don't do that. I suppose it's a bit of a common culture trap, isn't it? If you don't align everybody with purpose and you don't show that you're thinking of them and you're sort of prioritising their well-being, that's where sort of culture can fall down. And it's, it's not necessarily the fact that you're sort of doing the opposite of that and you're not sort of, you're showing that you really don't care about those around you, but by not sort of being forthright about it, it's what you're not doing that's doing the damage, isn't it? And that can be one of those common traps, isn't it? that leaders fall into.
1: Yeah, I think you know, in in a world that's moving so fast, yeah, you know, we need you know, it's not possible for the leaders to have all the answers anymore. Yeah, you know, we need to collaborate and and we need to engage our people. But you know, it, it, for for me, empowerment really is is when I when I use the empowerment, what I see an awful lot is um, abdication, not not empowerment. So for me, when you when you're empowering a, a team or an organization, you've got to be really clear about that direction. You know, in organizations, that is around you know. What's the value we give to our customers or to society? Um, you know, what's our real purpose? What's our mission? What's our vision? What's our strategy? And and, and what are our our culture? You know, often, I often I ask uh, senior leaders, I'll ask them around um, you know the values, and you can see their eyes trying to focus on the the poster on the wall, you know, trying to remember what the values are, and then I ask them about you know why have we got values? And and it's quite interesting sometimes where people can't articulate why they actually have them. They've got them, but they haven't really around what they are and for me you know, your, your, your purpose is you know, obviously your reason for, for being uh, obviously your, your value proposition is really important you know, how you solve problems for your, your customer base um, and, and then obviously your strategy is, is the clear plan and the goals. what we need to achieve but but for me the values are around around the culture so for me your know, empowerment needs clear direction so I always talk about you know, the the why what and how And if people know know, why we exist and if they know what we want to achieve and we know how we operate around here, then they have a very clear decision-making process. So they can have autonomy. Mm. And and without that direction, it's very difficult to make the right decisions. And and what you find is that people uh, will be brought into a room and say, right, you're empowered now. We want you to be empowered. Go out there and do things and make decisions. We've got to do things quickly these days. And they're they're very empowered until they make a mistake, and then they become disempowered very Mm. quickly. And the problem they have is they can't they can't make decisions because they haven't got a framework or the structure in place to, to actually make those decisions which aligns to what they're trying to achieve. So they go off and, and think about what's right for them or their function or their department. And that's where it all goes wrong, really. So I think that, you know, that empowerment is, yes, you need direction, you definitely need autonomy, um, but you also need support as well. And you know, people, uh, for them to be empowered, have to have the skill sets, don't they, to be able to do that? Um, so I think... I think that's a key, the key element really from from a leisure point of view is uh it, it's it's great having these these words and these things that say what we do, but we've got to support people to enable them to be able to do it effectively. and I guess that's where we come in at success factory, helping them to mm-hmm. get the tools and the right mindset to to make it all happen.
0: Yeah, and I guess as well when it comes to the point where those mistakes come along as you talked about, I guess it's making sure that there isn't that blame culture there as well and that we're willing to learn from them because setbacks are sort of a natural part of life or all walks of life, aren't they? Let's be perfectly honest. So it's about kind of embracing the uh, the mistake and almost taking on kind of a win yeah. or learn mentality, isn't it? Whereas sometimes I think we can almost sort of shy away from sort of making mistakes and that makes us almost a little bit risk averse at times, isn't it?
1: Mm. It does actually. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think it's a lot of reasons why organizations aren't moving quick. enough. know, it? its that fear, fear culture. And, um, mm. you know, with the, the world obsessed with KPIs, you know, and, uh, yeah, a lot of KPIs are outcome measures, aren't they? Rather than input measures. Um, yeah, ideally they're, they're there to help people to understand what they should be doing on a day-to-day basis to perform at the highest level. But for some reason they become outcome measures and, um, mm. the Force, it puts people under a lot of pressure and, uh, you know, they make strange decisions, you know, based on, you know, being able to hit these these numbers. And I think that's a shame. And, you know, their fear does come in quite a bit, doesn't it? And certainly the conversations we have with leaders around, you know, how do we create this safe environment? How do we create an environment where, you know, that belief is that, yeah everyone comes to work only to do a good job. But things go wrong, don't they? And we have to learn from those. And, you know, how can we create that environment where people are, you know, courageous, they're confident, they're bold. They've got a framework in place so they can make uh, good decisions uh, based on the framework. Uh, and, and, and when that happens, then you know it's it's that learning process, isn't it? Is how can we take time to think and reflect? And I think sadly, organisations get so caught up on the here and now and doing that they don't spend enough time reflecting. You know, a lot of the mm. the leadership uh, journeys that we create or programs or events really is is really about giving leaders space to stop and get off the hamster wheel and just start for a moment and think and reflect on, you know, what are your daily routines? You know, what impacts are they having? Are you doing the things that you you really should be doing? And get them to really think about that. And and I always talk about, you know, the ability to speed up uh, to, by slowing down. And I, and I learned that actually from my, Hi. from my, uh, my dad and my uncle, where really. they used to uh, race cars and bikes. And as a young boy, I used to listen to their stories after they'd been out racing and, Every time they lost a the race was because they were going too fast, which I thought was quite ironic as a young boy, because I thought racing was all about you know going really really quickly. But actually, you know, when you're racing at elite level, you need to know when to go fast, but you also need to know when to slow down. I think in businesses, we just know how to go fast, mm-hmm. and we get caught up in this busyness, don't we? Um, rather than being really efficient and effective. And to me, is you know that, that ability to stop and reflect and think about you know what have we done what progress we've made let's calibrate those successes what have we learned from that over the last year you know, few weeks few months yeah and uh, and then take that learning and and start to apply that in a in a more effective way and I think that's certainly what I learned from the military you know you, you do spend a lot of time training you do spend a lot of time in non-peacekeeping or non-combat situations so you do have that ability to do that we don't have that ability in, in business so much because we're Obviously, operational all the time. So I think yeah, you know, it's 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 challenging for leaders to do that. But I think you know you've got to get that into a routine, haven't you? Around you know, not just having meetings where you're telling people what's happening or those terrible update meetings, which are a complete waste of time. Yeah, you know, it's more about okay, what's going well? What have we learned? What's happening? You know, what's happening in the context? Let's let's think about what we do next. So I talk a lot about yeah, you know, the ability to be able to craft solutions mm-hmm. and to be able to look at the outcomes you're looking. At, and then work backwards to then work out yeah you know, what what steps you need to take to get those outcomes, and I think those sort of things are are really important for leaders to to think. So that that concept of you know speeding up by slowing down is really really important.
0: And yeah, and I think that was really laid bare during the pandemic, wasn't it? Because during lockdown, I mean, there yeah. was that time for a lot of business leaders to take that step back and reflect and think about how they were going to pivot during that time. And there's been some significant value about that. And it's allowed their businesses to move forward and even grow in a lot of circumstances. And um, I think business leaders talking to each other during that time, it may well have been sort of they were in the same boat as each other, or maybe same storm, different boats and exchanging experiences. That's helped and it's really sort of reaffirmed the value of networking. And I think it's fair to say as well that one of your programs, the sort of leadership athlete masterclass, that kind of mm. really cashes in on that value of networking, doesn't it? It brings different business leaders um, across yeah. from different industries yeah. to speak to each other, learn from each other, and essentially network in that way and learn from each other's experiences.
1: Yeah, I'm a big fan of that. And, and you know, I love. Um yeah, you know, the the work of people like David Brailsford when you know mm. he was uh, you know the coach of, of the GB team and Sky of course where you know he went out into and he looked at those related worlds and learned from other other elite people and, and other areas. And I think that's the same with leaders. It's very easy to get caught up in your sector or your role or your area. And you know I'm a big fan of, of getting out there and you know getting people to talk and have conversations. You know, at the end of the day, you know, leadership is all about conversations, really, isn't it? When mm. you think about it, that's how you get things done. So. Having that that space and that that ability to be able to link, you know, the world of military, the the world of sports, and and the world of business, and to get people from all those different areas, and you know, you know we've had you know really great conversations with leaders from different charities and uh, from schools and universities, and you know, you know CEOs from large global organisations, you know, in a room together talking around leadership, and and it's fascinating, and yeah, you know, the themes are all the same, really. You know, it's uh, it's interesting, yeah. You know, I think the pandemic really is, is it hasn't been, the, it's not the reason why we need to change. I think it's mm. just, uh, it's acted as an, an accelerator, has not it? People, as you say, suddenly got that shocked and they went, oh my word. And it was, it was really encouraging to see actually how um, many of our, our clients, how the senior team really came to, together mm. and, and really worked really effectively to yeah, essentially, you yeah, know, rescue their businesses from, from distinction, I guess, in a lot of cases. And I think that was, that was really great to see. And uh, I mean, obviously you know, in, in that crisis situation needs to take control. And I think we're at a time now after a few years is we need to get that balance right now. Don't we where yeah. we need to free off a little bit and uh, start to then, you know, give, give our teams that, that direction, that, that sense of mission and purpose and, and clarity of, of goals and values, and then, then let them get on with it. So that, mm. that pendulum is swinging back a little bit. And uh, I think a lot of, suddenly uh, the plans were the away they there you're really successful at doing that and, and starting to create the environment where, you know, I, I call it, yeah, you know, how, how do you create a high performance environment where success is inevitable? And that's a, you know, the key thing that we need to do, definitely
0: exactly right and fulfillment and making sure that the team is aligned with the purpose Um, it's going to be so so important in that because like that that's that's hugely critical as well as obviously the fact that consumer habits are changing as well and they're more aligned with purpose yeah. so leaders have got to consider sort of both sides of it it's very much a double-edged sword and as we kind of start to see how sort of business leaders begin to adapt to that challenge certainly over the next few months um i'd be interested to understand sort of what's on the horizon for yourself graham um, and success factory um over the year the next year and what you're going to be aiming to sort of help business leaders with moving forward
1: yeah so so the key thing for us really is obviously to continue the the great work we're doing with we've been going for 30 years now so we've got you know a great reputation in the, in the, the business world we're working with um a lot of great organizations and, and we obviously continue to do that and have done for a long time so for us is to, to really support leaders uh to really get them to, to think and, and be able to define what leadership is is for them because you know i think the leadership is, is situational it's contextual so what works in one organization might not work in another organization or you know what works in one area of an organization won't work somewhere else if, I, if i'm in manufacturing in the uk then it's a different leadership style. If I'm in a sales team in in Milan, in Italy, or whatever. So, mm. so we've got to we got to get. Um, for me, the, the the big thing for for success factors to continue working with really uh, forward thinking organizations who who want to really start to help their leaders to really define what leadership is for them, but to really start to build the skills and tools and techniques for for the future. And think, uh, yes, we can learn from the past, but you know, for me, the excitement bit is to start to Try and anticipate and predict you know, what is it that we need leaders to be doing in the future uh, and how can we actually create that now how can we give them the the frameworks the structure the skill sets the mindsets uh, to be successful and thrive in today's world yeah you know, we do a lot around uh, resilience for example we're just uh, you know, on top of leadership lay and and the new leadership manifesto we've just written a, actually with my daughter actually around uh, resilience and I think it's a, a big topic so how do we how do we create you know, resilient organizations? But how do we actually create you know, resilient people? And uh, I think it's something that you know, we do work. We do a lot of free work in, in the education sector. And uh, one of the things that we're finding, and you know, teachers will, will say this, is that you know they're, they're developing, obviously, a, a different generation of people who perhaps haven't learned as much around resilience and risk that perhaps we did. You know, I'm 60, mm. sixty now, so uh, certainly you know, I was given lots more opportunities to explore and, and make mistakes at an earlier age. Whereas... Mm-hmm. A lot of young children don't have that opportunity anymore. So we're we're building a generation that don't really aren't aware really of, of risk. Uh, perhaps hasn't haven't. That's not obviously. That's a very big generalisation, of course. But generally, I would say it is a, a theme that's coming through. So how can we how can we help people to to look at that and become more resilient in, in what they do? And it was interesting I was reading some stuff around one of the challenges in elite sport around the fact that you know, these academies have been amazing. Uh, developing skill sets and um, you know, identifying talent, and and really get them to a high level of sport. But they, because they've been wrapped up in cotton, cotton wool so much, they haven't had that uh, that opportunity to learn about resilience mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah how to come back from setbacks, things like that. And there's lots of work around that, which is which is quite interesting as well. So, so I think that's the area, area we we going to help organisations with is to start to look at leadership, start to look at yeah you know, what does what does strategy really look like in today's world. How do we help them to innovate and and change and mm. yeah you know, change is change, isn't it? Yeah, you know, it's not it's not a, a bit of work you do and then then embed it. It's how do we cope with continuous change? So how do we help organisations to to run projects really effectively? How do we get them to lead change effectively? How do you build really high performance teams? You know, we spend mm. a lot of time helping organisations to learn how to build teams themselves. So uh, yeah, I've never been a big fan of, of external people doing team building. You know, what we should be doing is teaching organizations how to do it themselves. And I think that's a a really important thing, you know, to to actually go and do. And that's something that we pride ourselves on doing. And yes, we do run team builds, but we also teach people how to build the teams in the workplace, which I think is a lot more powerful and a lot more useful uh, than just going away for the, the classic away day that we used to do years ago sort of thing.
0: Yeah, very much ties into uh, the uh, the quote, doesn't it? I mean, teach, uh, give, give a man a fish, you feed him for a day and teach him to fish, you feed him for a lifetime, isn't it? It's developing leaders yeah. to be able to do this themselves, exactly. And it is a fantastic yeah. mission that you're on, Graham, and uh, one that I certainly hope is executed to the best possible effect. And I'd relish the opportunity as well in uh, the next year or so to maybe welcome you back onto the show, just to see how it's all coming together and how this generation of leaders is really responding.
1: Yeah, I would love to do that. It'd be my pleasure. Always happy to talk about leadership.
0: Absolutely. It's a real passion of ours at the Leaders' Council talking about it and really laying the ground for the next generation especially as well and really shedding a light on what the real challenges are that leaders are facing in the uh, the current climate as well. And uh, If you have been tuning into the programme and uh, you know anything that we have discussed does particularly resonate with you, you can leave a comment on what we've talked about via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash contact hyphen us or you can even apply to be on the programme yourself and that's via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply if you wanted to come directly to the discussion table and sit down with us. With me on the show and um, for now it's been an immense pleasure welcoming success factories graham wilson onto the show and thanks again for your time graham and joining us and uh by all means do take care and i'm sure we'll catch up on the show again
1: soon thanks scott my pleasure
0: and to every single one of our listeners um i've been your host scott challoner on today's episode of the leaders council podcast and we'll be back next time with a whole new perspective on leadership and current affairs but until then do take care and goodbye